Most often, the brightest smiles come from those who've struggled the most. What's behind your smile? Let's open up and talk about what's really going on behind the smile. And sometimes it's okay to fake it until we make it. I'm Bonnie Woodrick. Join me to gain insight on how many of us hide behind the smile to get through painful and difficult times. My podcast is a safe place where others can share their stories and discuss how opening up rather than hiding behind a smile allows for growth and happiness. I'm very intrigued by our guest today. Jeff Bennett may not be a household name, yet he's a creator of a show that is in millions of homes each week. Let's go behind the scenes of one of the top shows on television and discover how The Wall was created. Jeff is a self-described idea man whose creativity and ideas have led him to not only co-founding his first business, Otterbase, but to many other opportunities, such as serving as board presidents of several leading organizations, such as Hope Network, Spectrum Hospital, and YPO, Young Presidents Organization. We're also going to look behind the smile and gain insight on what motivated him to co-found the nonprofit organization Speaks Out. Doug Meyer, Meyer Board Chair and I Understand Board Member, is in studio today as a guest host. I am excited to be surrounded by some pretty fascinating and accomplished men, and I'm excited to chat. So let's begin. All right. I think I say all the time, I'm so excited because I get to surround myself with such great people. And today, my guest host, Doug, is here with me, chair of Meyer Foundation, and I understand board. And we're so grateful to have you here, Doug. Thank you, Vada. You're the best. <sighs> Thank you. And Jeff Bennett, also known as JB. <laughs> right? True statement. Yeah, true statement. My friends call me that, so you certainly should. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy that you're here. There's so many things about you that I just find so intriguing that I don't know that I want to know. So, okay. so this is such a great time yours. that I can have 20, 20, 30 minutes of your time and mm-hmm. find out more. Yep. So thank you for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. With us. So I'm going to start by... Well, you guys are neighbors, and you guys have been chatting away, um, not on tape, of course. So it's nice that you guys— We have a new friendship. Well, yes, For yes, sure. We have a new yeah. friendship. And, and, and I'm just excited to learn more about Jeff as well. I hear so much, and, you know, I'm ready to hear more, and I'm fairly confident that I'm going to learn something. Yeah, I think so. I'm very confident I'm going to learn something. I think so. So one thing that you do know is that he is a co-founder of Otterbase. Are I do you, know do that. you know that? Yes, I do. Okay, and Otterbase is pretty big. And you started that from the ground up with, with your the, brother? Yep, that was the, the first company I started in 1998. I started it out of a low-income government-subsidized apartment. Uh, you know, was was living in the Detroit after about a year out of college. Um, proposed to Meg, my now wife, tricked her. Who's adorable, by yeah. the way. So she said yes, and I said, well, we're moving to Grand Rapids, and I got this beautiful apartment, which n- not so much. And uh, so we moved into you know Camelot Woods. There was nothing Camelot about it. And I started my company there, um, just a- applied for every credit card I could get my hands on, cash advanced them all, and started a staffing company. Today, it's a national firm. We so employ- what do you do? Yeah, so what is it? Yeah, so so Otterbase is, a, is an IT uh, temporary staffing company. And, uh, you know, we do business in almost 30 states. We've got about 
500 employees. And uh, today I serve that company as chairman. Um, and for the past dozen or so years, I've launched you know, several other businesses, um, a mental health advocacy foundation called Speaks Out, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, so, you know, if you kind of put everything that I've done in my career, like in the same box, like none of it really makes sense. But yeah, so it is true that that, that is one, one of my businesses, but it certainly um, doesn't uh, define my, my career. No, absolutely not. But, but what a way to start. Yeah, you it know. was. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to my wife, who is also my high school sweetheart. And she, from low-income housing to, you know, um, the the pleasures we have today, you know, she kind of she stuck with me the whole way, which, uh, you know, was a career for her in and of itself. So. Yeah, what a beautiful <laughs> thing. Well, because behind every great man is a great woman. Well, you're darn right about that. So, so yeah. we got there. You too, Doug. She's coming. She's okay. coming. Okay. <laughs> She's coming. But as your podcast, you know, partner and, you know, I understand partner, you still got a good one besides, if I can say so for myself. You got to work <laughs> Well, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. Yes. Yes. Like Kim, who's here with us, too. She's a great one as well. Mm-hmm. So, Jeff, how many businesses have you started? Um, five, I think. Five? Yes. And I have... Two new healthcare startups happening right now as well. So it's a bit of a curse, startups. They sort of, uh, it's like Mike, a, a drug to me. Um, you know, I'm not really great at running big companies, but I know how to start them yeah. uh, and get them off the ground. So, and then I hire smart, patient people to shepherd them to the next level. Yeah. So, I, you know, I've been accused of uh, being a shiny toy chaser. So, you know, it doesn't take much to distract me and get me fired up to try something new. And uh, I'd say all of my startups have been, you know, just passions that got me fired up that I took after. I love that. I love that. That entrepreneurial spirit along with passion. Yeah. That's that's definitely a win-win. I want to talk to you about one in particular because it's something that I just find to be very fascinating and and to think about how somebody can get a thought on a napkin Mm -hmm. to a four-season million viewer audience of a game show uh, right, called The right, Wall. Right, right. How yeah. does that happen? Yeah, so The Wall is the biggest game show in the world now. Uh, it was on last night. We're wrapping up our fourth season. The fifth season's going to be shot soon. That show's in 25 countries around the world. Um, it's a really, really long story that I'll tell you in like 30 seconds. I wanted to have success in that space. And um, it did not start with the idea for a game show. It started with understanding that world, understanding that space, understanding the people that I needed to know, understanding um, the ideas that got people's attention, networking, just knowing the right people, furthering my ideas. And just organically over probably seven years it took me, I just found myself in the right place with the right people, with the right idea. Um, We originally sold the wall to Fox, and um, we did a pilot. They took a pass. We brought it back. We said, you know, who should we attach to this show to help us sell it, resell it? We attached LeBron James to it. He went out and helped us sell it to NBC. Fast forward another half a dozen years, and it's the biggest game show in the world. That's amazing. What made you want to get into that category, that space? The truth is, is that I'm drawn to so many things. This was just one. 
So, you know, I've owned companies from, from technology to real estate to business services to entertainment. Now I've got, you know, my Mental Health Advocacy Foundation. Now I'm doing, you know, some healthcare tech startups that I think are meaningful mental health solutions. So it's like, you know, it's just kind of broad and vast. And, and, but when I, when I set my eyes on something that I really believe in and I really want to experience and achieve, I just kind of get fearless about it and just keep going until I get it. So. Well, I love that. Congratulations on the, the success. <laughs> Thank and you. It, and it's Thank fun. You. And, and for those that don't know, can you just give a quick snippet of how the game show works? Well, look, I, you know, I use this as a good comparison because it is it was one of the inspirations. If you remember the game on The Price is Right called Plinko, it was like this 10-foot board, and people would walk up like two steps in the back, and they would like put a chip at the top, and the, they would drop the chip down the board, and it would bounce, you know, back and forth across pegs into a slot that represented a, an amount of money, right? Well, people would go absolutely insane when they played that game on The Price is Right. And I just imagined, imagine if instead of winning $1,000, you know, those slots looked like a million. And instead of a 10-foot tall board, it was four stories tall. And then, of course, a lot of other complexities around adding trivia to it, having it be a a two-contestant game, all these types of things. And so my imagination just kind of snowballed from there. And, you know, I imagined it with um, Andrew Glassman, who's a brilliant producer, Hollywood producer, who's had, you know, 30-year success, you know, record in Hollywood. And so he was my partner in this. And so don't get me wrong, there was no doing this show without him. So that was that was just kind of one of the inspirations. It's it's the biggest cash-winning game show of all time. I mean, you you could theoretically win like 13 million dollars on the show. Wow, that that is that is so Sign me up. Yeah, I know that's so amazing. <laughs> you know, but when you're when you're actually watching it, it evokes like almost every emotion because you have the contestants who usually have some sort of story and and then you have the dropping the ball and where is it going to go and are they going to lose and are they going to win and all of that is really exciting and then at the end do they rip up the contract or they don't rip up the contract that's right you you experience like every motion watching it. It is. Yeah. It's a great show. Vani, do you think you and I could go on as an I understand team? I actually thought about that last night when I'm watching it because yeah. I'm like, I think you would get all of the answers right. There might be a conflict of interest. <laughs> I don't know. Like... <laughs> I think Doug would get all the answers yeah. right. Yes. We could do it for charity. We yeah. could do it for I understand and to raise money. Look at now he's putting on the spot. Did you hear? Conflict I, of interest. It, because... it is a conversation we can have. <laughs> okay. We digress. Yeah. That's right. We can have that yeah. conversation. I knew like every answer to the first four questions and then it like went downhill from there. So yeah. and I think the first ones are always the easiest ones. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's not <laughs> much money at risk, right? <laughs> right. But when you get to the end of the show yeah. and there's millions of dollars at you know yeah. at stake, then the they, questions get tough. They become quite hard. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, you're the U of M graduate. Yeah. So And a doctor. And a doctor. That's right. You know Who gave you that doctor? Uh, Michigan State gave you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So so anyway, so that's really, really exciting. But I'm going to go back to, Jeff, the first time that I met you. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I don't know if you remember, but I remember because yes. I seem to remember uh, a lot of that with people that, that I end up respecting a lot. Yeah. So I met you, at, Doug and I had an I Understand event, yes. and we had Mariel Hemingway mm-hmm. in as a speaker, mm-hmm. and it was also when we had an I Understand inspired art price piece yes. called The Doors Always Open, which is basically – a life-size cage with a man gripping the bars of the cage, and then the doors open. Doug, why don't you tell why that resonated with you? 
Oh, that goes back several years when Vani connected me with Dr. Keith Ablo outside of Boston, where I went for three ketamine treatments, Mm -hmm. basically to reboot my brain from a mental health depression standpoint. And Dr. Ablo had the small version on his desk, and I couldn't stop looking at it. It just, it really resonated to me where this whimsical figure is clenching the bars trying to get out when all he had to do was turn around and walk out because the door was open. Mm. And it's whether we've been, I don't want to say stuck, but stuck in a marriage, um, stuck in a job that we didn't like, and we're afraid to leave, not knowing if we would find love somewhere else, not knowing if we would find another job, Mm. whether you're stuck because of addiction or almost anything, mental health, brain health, You know, if we're stuck and don't know how to get unstuck, we just clinch the bars even tighter. Mm -hmm. And yet it's so easy to say all we have to do is walk out. But sometimes there's comfort in the pain because it's a given. You know what to expect. Mm -hmm. You know that's your life. And you don't know what life would be on the other side. And I think you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, you go into your businesses and startups fearless and that's what I've had a hard time doing. You know, am I afraid to walk out and what's going to be there? And um, that just really resonated with me on so many levels. And I thought, you know, we've got to bring that back to Grand Rapids. We've got to talk about it. And I think helping to break down the stigma of mental health is, you know, turn around and walk out. Yeah, You can do it. Mm. It's not going to be easy. It may be mm-hmm. frightful, but you yeah. can do it. And So anyway, thank you for, again, bringing that to my attention, and and you have one now. Well, that's a beautiful interpretation of that piece. Um, And now that I've heard you say that, it gives it new meaning for me. And I really appreciate your candor and, and honesty as you talk about your own experience. I admire that deeply about you and uh, you're you're such a great role model um, because just listening to you talk is a great example of how easy it can be to talk. Like that sounded easy for you, though it probably wasn't. Um, it's just a great example because I think that the more people hear us talk, like we're actually showing them how to talk. And so anyways, I just thought just listening to you talk, I just enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but and, and I've said it many times yeah, that yeah. It's also therapy for me. Yeah, yeah You know, yeah. get it out. So many people, mm-hmm. I believe, keep yeah. it inside. Yeah. And the more we talk about it, the more we open up, yeah. the healthier we are, yeah. I am as an individual. Mm-hmm. And the more I'm able to talk about it and hopefully help others. Yeah. You know, I still find myself clenching those bars from time to time. But I also have been aware and realize on the other side is freedom, Mm. happiness, and I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. And this is all part of that journey. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm grateful to, you know, be a part of it with you. So thank you. Appreciate you saying that. Thank Vonnie. And and from that event where we met, and I knew the person that was, you know, was an auction piece. And I knew the person who was also doing the bidding. And so I was going to make sure that she paid a lot for it. So, but what (laughs) was- I'm glad you did. Yeah. (laughs) In more ways than one. But what was great about it was when when finally the bidding ended, you know, we said to the artist, will you make two? 
make two of them. Like, let's cash this check twice. And, and so that was a fun experience to be a part of. And that piece sits in my den at home prominently on the shelf. And, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have it. It's a, it's a reminder of a beautiful evening that, that you put on. And so... Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I think that one of another important element of that piece with the door being open, I think that, yeah, you know, you, you have to have courage to be able to walk out and to talk about it. But mm-hmm. for the outsiders looking in, we need to go in and mm-hmm. ask the question, are you OK? And be there, you know, be, be that one, one for someone. I want to go back to, you know, Doug, you sharing and, and Jeff, your comments back. That was just really a beautiful moment between you two because... One thing with mental health, I think that there is a lot of stigma that's attached to it. And oftentimes when men share, it is perceived as a sign of weakness. And for you to share so openly and for you to react the way that you did was really, I feel like a really special moment. So thank you both for that. When Jeff said to you, he said, it's hard for you to talk about it. But if you remember at one of our our podcasts or, or commercial or something that we did, you said, it really doesn't take courage. It's just something we should do. Yeah, I've never looked at it as being courageous. And people mm-hmm. say, you're so brave, you're so mm-hmm. courageous. And and we've talked about this several times in other podcasts as well, that um, I look at it as therapy. Mm-hmm. I look at it as I'm helping me and helping others. And that's, you know, helping me by opening up is huge. Helping others helps me. And it validates everything mm-hmm. that I've gone through. And it's one of my lines, our lines, is why me? You know, why did I get cancer? Mm-hmm. You know, why did they not cure it all through radiation and other forms of medicine? You know, why me? Why am I the one depressed? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we always go back to, or I always go back to, well, why not me? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's deal with it. Yep, yep. You know, let's make something out of it. Let's be the one for someone. Let's you know, share my story. Let's share mm-hmm. others' stories. We all have a story, and mm-hmm. we all have things that are good to talk about and just get it out there. It's brain health. It's not mental health. It's mm-hmm. not a stigma. It's it's heart disease. It's brain disease. It's cancer. It's We need to talk about it, and it's and we can and we are, and so thank you, Jeff, for coming on and and for sharing your story and for all you do for I understand and being the one for us as well. Yeah, exactly. But let's talk about what you're doing because you you believe and you're passionate about mental health. Let's first ask the question of why is mental health important to you? Why is raising awareness important to you? Well, you know, I, I, I served on the Hope Network Foundation board and still do for, you know, the past dozen years. And they do a lot of work in this space. And so I was given some exposure and awareness from that space, you know, from just being, you know, on the board there. But that maybe just, um, that heightened my awareness. And I found myself just being much more aware about the experiences that my friends were having that were mental health oriented or their kids. And it was just this very organic process of that awareness hitting the action threshold, right? Where I was became exhausted from being around this crisis and not being in the fight. And I knew that if I didn't get in the fight, that my awareness, it would, it would frankly torture me. Like it would, I would just become 
so upset that, you know, I wasn't really doing anything or getting involved. And so then with my partner, Michael Ranville, he's a brilliant brand strategist and marketing guy and idea guy, you know, he shared this same passion. And I knew that I needed to have this experience with someone else. You know, having experiences, you know, you guys know, like I can tell the support that you give each other, that the same kind of support system for me, like we're sort of in this street fight together. Um, and so, so yeah, so we said, you know what? Let's leverage our strengths into this fight. Let's take what we know and let's incorporate it into some solution-based actions. And, um, and so we did. And I'll say it was, you know, my experience, there's probably a lot of, a lot of solidarity here be- between us because nothing ever starts fully formed, right? And so I'm sure that when you had the idea and the passion to start, I understand, you had no idea where it would go, but you just knew that one day you were going to take a step forward and that you were going to work on that day and then think about the next day. And then the next day came and you took two steps forward. And just every day was, you know, more work and more ideas. And, and then, you know, now today you find yourself being a major influencer in the mental health space. You know, people care about what Vonnie thinks in this space. They want to be associated with her. And, and, the, and so good for you for having that sort of entrepreneurial desire to, one, take action, and two, to, to step into that grueling process of like constantly trying to problem solve and, and figure out strategically like what should the next day look like and the next day and how can you be more impactful. And so anyway, so uh, I admire you uh, Aww, well, very much. Really and appreciate it. But so, so anyways, my partner, Michael Ramble and I, we started Speaks Out. A little bit of my background. We don't, if, if you read my book, you know, but, you know, I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom for, you know, 30 years and the, you know, and 17, 15 of those, well, my, my Rob has been gone for about 17 years now and I've been a single mom and it's not, it was not easy being that single mom, especially when you have kids that have the same anxiety and depression that their dad has. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's ge- definitely mm-hmm. a genetic mm-hmm. component involved. Mm-hmm. But talk about, you know, speak out. I felt like I had to speak out because I didn't like the way people were talking to me. I didn't like being, oh, her husband killed himself. There's so much I didn't like about it. And then you start talking and it really takes that one person. And it really, you know, in this situation, I mean, Doug was, you know, I mean, you were my one person when I started out by giving T-shirts away to evoke conversation that believed in me. And I had a belief from somebody that was an acquaintance, you know, and, you know, competitors in an industry. He gave me more than my family was giving me in terms of understanding. So I know what that's like to be alone in a crowded room. You know how that Yeah, feels. one of my favorite paintings is this painting of, it's a park scene, and it's all these little grave figures, and there's one red one. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're alone in a crowd. Mm-hmm. But what, you know, and I'm so appreciative of Vani giving, I was giving me a platform, but helping me through mm-hmm. all of my struggles and challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that Vani said early on was after losing Rob and going to teachers conferences school events um that people would come up and not say how are you doing vani what can i do to help vani mm-hmm. would you like to talk about it vani is there anything you know i can do for you it's how did rob die yeah how do you do it how do you do it oh, and that's just 
To me, that just seems so awful, though a lot of people aren't educated. A lot of people may not realize it is a disease. A lot of people may not realize that it's not a choice. It's depression. Right. It's pain. Right. Well, it's all those things combined. And in all of the work that we do with Helen DeVos Children's Hospital and, and the nurse and now doing a sensory room for autistic, you know, I have an autistic son. The Our sheriff's department, you know, our collaboration with the Michigan Sheriff's Association, all of those are passion projects, just like you. And I think where I was going with this is when Rob was alive, he would say to me, or I would say to him, he had so many passions. He was that entrepreneur, entrepreneurial spirit like you, Jeff. And I would say to him, I wish I had a passion. I don't have that passion. I don't see that passion. But passion is the gift that Rob left me. And I know it now. And I know that I want to make a difference. Yeah. And it's people like you that believe in me that allow me to do that and allow me to speak out about it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about speak out. <laughs> yes, yes, please. So Speaks Out Speaks is, out. The, is the brand. Um, so this kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier where my partner and I were just trying to, you know, um, we were trying to flex our talents and our imagination and our abilities. And um, uh, and so we so, – so Speaks Out is a global movement – um, created to end the silence around mental health. Um, and its core principle is to leverage the power of co-branding, okay? So, so we live in a very noisy world. And no matter you know, how loud I personally, Jeff Bennett or Michael Ranville, wants to talk about mental health, few people can hear us, unfortunately. Even if they're searching for us, the world is just so noisy. So how do you break through? Well, the um, principles of Speaks Out is that Speaks Out is not built to live alone. It's built to live with another brand of influence. And it is when our two brands coalesce and work together, we amplify our voice. And so... um, we partner with brands of influence. Now, now, what's an influencer? I mean, could be Lady Gaga, could be the NBA, could be Nike, could be Apple, could be a minister, um, could be a community leader. It's any influencer who um, has, has unique influence over their audience so that when they talk, their audience believes and acts. Could be I understand. Absolutely, right? I understand speaks out, right? So we launched our foundation a couple years ago with the NBA. It was the NBA speaks out. And, you know, one of the things that we wanted to to show the NBA was that we could create a, a really unique and immersive fan experience that was on the subject of mental health that was in keeping with the energy of a professional sporting game, right? And so there were dozens of little communication touch points during a basketball game that we would be kind of, you know, touching the fan with that brought awareness in a really kind of cool and progressive way that sort of just changed the conversation in a new way that they hadn't heard. And we wanted to show that we could have that conversation but do it in an environment like you wouldn't expect because, you know, people go to an NBA basketball game. They want to sit in their seat, drink a 40-ounce beer, and they don't want to hear about depression and all this kind of stuff. So we wanted to show that we could sort of reinvent that model. 
So we, we, we launched the foundation, you know, by exercising that. But, you know, what, what Speaks Out ultimately does is partner with an influencer and we use their influence as a distribution channel for our message. Our message is built to tear down the cultural barriers that keep people in their silence. And so that's, that's what we do. And we're working on some larger concepts right now. We hope to launch a big community-wide initiative in 2022. We want to be the mentally healthiest city in America. So, you know, we're working on a pretty rich communication strategy through Grand Rapids Speaks Out, along with some innovative tech programmatic solutions around lifestyle medicine. So we, we think, you know, one of the uh, most meaningful paths to, um, you know, becoming one of the mentally healthiest cities in America is be, really be talking about the whole person, you know, to be, to be talking about how, you know, um, how food uh, affects our health, food as medicine, mindfulness, fitness, um, you know, uh, uh, relationships, exercise, just the, the totality of, of uh, you know, what is considered lifestyle medicine. We're trying to, you know, from a tech platform play, you know, innovate in that space so we can put that tool in everyone's hands. So when you say tech platform, are you thinking like apps? Are you thinking? Yeah, th- yeah think about it like an app. Okay. Um, you know, a really beautiful, sticky app. It's the sort of the, it's the, you know, the platform will be in uh, this unique intersection between uh, you know, technology, um, entertainment, medicine, and community. We sort of want to we want to attempt to redefine um, or create a new category called social health, um, where you know it's, it's, it speaks so you know largely to what you've talked about, just coming beside each other in terms in terms of like community. Oh, my mind's going like yeah several miles an hour here, and yeah. this building that we're building, um, mental health, brain health is a going to be a huge component of yeah. that. Yeah, um, yeah, and. There certainly are some synergisms that we'll have to talk about. We will. We can do a lot. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you two percent visibility into the yeah. kind of broader strategy, and, and, um, and I don't know how how much sense I'm really making. I would love the chance though to to spend a lot more time talking to you about it. Oh, we will. And, <laughs> and, and, but the, the whole social aspect, yes, um, is very interesting, yeah. and especially in these COVID times where the masks have taken away the personality, the smiles, the sadness, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to be hiding behind their masks, mm-hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. Mm-hmm. And social media has just exploded, I think, mm-hmm. um, because we're not going out as much. Yeah. We don't seem to be interacting as much. We're social distancing physically, but not through social media. Mm-hmm. And and that just heightens the bullying, the isolation, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I think really... you're right. The word isolation. I mean, I think at, at at the heart of the mental health crisis for so many people is the word loneliness. You may have a thousand friends or ten thousand mm-hmm. friends on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. but you still may be isolated in your apartment or your basement or wherever right. it might be, that's right. and yeah. that's just you know wrong. I mean, yeah. we're a social society yeah. mm-hmm. and. Um, social media is not being social, mm-hmm. at least in you know my definition. Well, there's no no question. That's uh, yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that um, because I I know through through I understand is that you know one of the most important things that 
you're doing, because I know it's one of the most important things that we can do, is doing right now. What we're doing is talking about it and bringing it to everyday places mm-hmm. and talking about it to normalize, to destigmatize mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and change the way we talk and, and we yeah. view yeah. suicide. Mm-hmm. Talking and hugging as opposed mm-hmm. to texting and tweeting. Mm-hmm. And that just seems to exaggerate yeah. depression, brain mm-hmm. health. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, mm-hmm. we've, we've got to keep this up, and we are. And so, again, yeah. thanks, Jeff, for yeah. helping us out here today. Well, you know, it's um, we certainly don't think that, you know, we have all the answers or that we have a uh, perfect view into the future in everything that we should be doing. We just know that we have to show up every day and you know, keep putting the work in to discover what the future, you know, can and should be. And I think that that's what this path is all about, is just constant discovery, showing up, doing the work, and exposing yourself to the opportunities to find answers. Absolutely. I love that. And I I think that if you, you know, show up every day Mm -hmm. and every day, you even just touch one person mm-hmm. or that one message that you put out on Instagram or yeah. social, whatever social media platform it is mm-hmm. helps one person, mm-hmm. you've had a success. Yeah. And chances are yeah. you don't even know that that success mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is really cool is that when we can go out and do our work and bring the conversation and support people, we don't even know most of the time that's right. who we're helping or why mm-hmm. we're helping. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they just needed to hear that at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Jeff, I want to know, what do you like to do for fun? You or do, you, do you I have like time? <laughs> I know. Do you have time for fun? Are you just thinking about a new business, a no, new game show, no. a new... I'm a passionate boater. Okay. So um, that is, uh, you know, that is what we do. We're on the water. I love being on the water. It just uh, feeds my soul. It's my love language. And... So I'm at peace when I am, uh, you know, on the water or on a boat or even cleaning a boat. That makes me feel good. I mean, you know, so so that's what it is. Sunshine and. So um, anything more, my my guests, <laughs> hosts that you want to ask Jeff before we sadly have to say goodbye. That's put, yeah, you just got put on the spot there. No, it's like, it, yeah, you better come up with something. No, it's it's <laughs> been great talking with Jeff yeah. and we appreciate you yeah. um, spending time with us mm-hmm. and. Um, learning more about what all you do. And I think there's so much more we can do together from a synergistic standpoint yeah. and and help ourselves while we're helping so many others. And yeah. um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, there's a lot we can mm-hmm. do. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you're doing some amazing things. So thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you would like to say? Well, I'm, I'm glad you gave me that opportunity yeah. because I do want to say that, um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I'm, I'm grateful to spend time with you. And um, I am um, um, just amazed, Vonnie, by everything that you uh, have created and everything that you've been through and just all of your, you know, um, Keep getting it. Keep getting after it. Attitude that you have. It's inspirational, um, and and um, I'm just I'm glad to be associated, you know, with you. And and I'm excited to, you know, support everything that you're doing. 
you know, now I'm going to have tear. You know, Doug makes me teary-eyed quite a bit, um, but I'm kind of used to him. But coming to from someone like you, you know, that I have high regard of respect and that have been, you know, watching on the sidelines and, and seeing your passion and what you do and, and driving by your house and waving <laughs> um, in the last couple That's couple right. months, um, I, I just really am very grateful for, for you and all of the work that you're doing is so important. And I think that we we always say we're so much better together. We never want to to compete with each other. We want to enhance each other in our work. And having you here today has just validated my admiration for you. So thank uh, well, you. That's very nice. And by the way, Doug's wearing killer pink boots. I don't even know where you buy those, but I know. you've got to be one brave dude to wear those bad boys. Well, well Monty's helped me okay. o- open up a little bit about... Well, you open um, way up with those. those know, are, <laughs> I don't wear pink all the time, but around sweet. Bonnie, I try hey, to... look, real men wear pink. I got them like a little uh, pink here. You know? Yeah. Okay, so maybe you're not familiar with why we wear pink. Go ahead, tell me. We wear pink because... As you can see, mm-hmm. pink is the color of unconditional love. Okay. And it's about loving ourselves enough yes. to walk out of that cage uh-huh. or loving someone else enough to walk in. We need mm-hmm. to accept people for who they are. And we, we wear pink mm-hmm. and remind people of unconditional love. Well, well, and not be afraid to walk out of that cage wearing that's right. pink that's right. anything. Absolutely. And, um, but, and I can't thank Vani enough. Also, Vani's been the one for me that... You know, in my loss through um, addiction-related stuff. And Vani's been there for me, and I want to be there for Vani. And with Jeff's help, um, we can all be there for someone and really break down the stigma. Yeah, that's cool. That's what it's all about. You so got it. thank you again, Jeff, yeah. for your help in, yeah. in talking. Yeah, I'm glad we could be here together. I just love the love. <laughs> <laughs> I just love, love the love, and that's pink, love. and that's pink love, right? <laughs> that's that's right. the unconditional love and love and support of each other. So, thank you. And like I said, I do feel really honored to be here with, uh, and I'm going to say three, two incredible men that have really influenced mental health and, and me personally. But also, we want to thank Stuart from Sound Post Studios for making us sound so good. <laughs> thank you, Stuart. A fun and informative interview that allows us to see the many talents behind one person with a passion to make a difference, who recognizes that we need to speak out about mental health and brain health illnesses. You can find out more at speaksout.world and follow their social media platforms to watch the fun and excitement of the number one game show in the world. Check out your local listings for The Wall. Also, we love Bigby Coffee during our podcast sessions. Thank you for allowing us to buy one, give one, to start the conversation. 